0: Welcome to the Successful Collective podcast with me, Jules Duncan.
1: And myself, Marisa Devlin, talking all things women in business. If you want to find out more, then hit the subscribe button or reach out to us on the Successful Collective on Instagram.
0: Marisa, as always, I'm going to start and ask you, what are you grateful for today? Thanks, Jules. So...
1: My area of gratitude this week is I feel spring is in the air. I've just been for a walk with my friend this morning, early doors, and what a beautiful morning it was. And I just love this time of year when everything just seems new and fresh. Jules, what
0: about you? What are you grateful for this week? I am grateful for connections that I've made. So this is the third podcast I've recorded in the last 24 hours. And yesterday I recorded two podcasts with two absolutely amazing women that I'm connected with through my fitness coach mentoring um, community. So it's just uh, connections, having people to talk to, people to bounce ideas off of. And we say this a lot, that network and connections are just so important for peace of mind and Just people that relate to you and when you're going through something especially when you're in business if you're you've got a struggle in business a barrier you're up against if you have got someone who has overcome the same obstacle or overcome a similar obstacle that you can reach out to and bounce ideas off of and share space with it's just it's brilliant so I'm very grateful for connections this week
1: and I'm waiting, I'll wait till the end of today's podcast for you to say that you've got an amazing podcast person with you today. You missed that bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for this connection. And actually... <laughs> goes without saying. Actually, you got a mention on um, one of the podcasts that I did yesterday. So Bex and I, who Bex runs a gym, a female-only gym in Cumbria, Transfigure Figure Fitness, they're absolutely brilliant and we recorded a podcast on mindset and Bex had said she's always been very positive and I said I've not I used to be much more of the negative and I have trained myself to look for things look for what I'm grateful for and yeah not everything's always rosy but it's how you approach the situation and she'd asked how did I come about to make that change and I said I think the people that you surround yourself with make a big big difference. I said, actually, my friend Marisa has a big influence on me. I said, because Marisa is just sunshine and always looking for the good in people, always looking for the good in situations. So I said, actually, Marisa has been a big influence on why I've got such a proactive, can do, let's go kind of mindset so there you go very good thank
1: you thank you I'm high-fiving through the screen although I had to (laughs) dig it out of you but anyway (laughs) so this week's episode is going to be something we feel that people are going to be really interested in and we're going to be chatting about everything that people want to know about products, services and pricing but are maybe too scared to ask now something around this is that Generally, when you go into business, or when you provide a service, you're doing something hopefully that you're really, really passionate about. And in doing so, when we are so passionate about something, we become so ingrained with it. You and I talk all the time about our passion, and we, you know, overrun ourselves because we're so interested in the details of our own business, or our own product, or our own service. And when you love something so much, you live, you breathe it, sometimes you forget, but what is it that the buyer or the customer want to know? Yes. And exactly. that's what we are going to talk about today.
0: Yes, and it's how you get that right product. And it's kind of like, you know, the Japanese word, ichigai. and it's your reason for being, but it's basically an overlap of what the world needs what you're good at and what people will pay for so these things can exist separately so you might be very very good at something which is fabulous so for example you love playing tennis and me not knowing anything about tennis from what I know you're very good at tennis so you love tennis and you're very good at tennis you're very passionate about tennis but does anyone have a need to watch you play tennis is that a service that someone wants to pay for (laughs) i'm going to hazard i guess it no although you have massive passion for it and you're good at it is watching marisa play tennis a need that has to be met by someone and is it something somebody will pay for and i think that's a lot of the time where people go wrong they've got an extreme passion for something and they're even very good at it but what they're not factoring in is, is there a need for this and will people pay for it?
1: Exactly that. And I'm sure nobody would pay to see me playing tennis. And I'm past tense, I was, I was good at tennis. Not so now, but I've not been picking up a racket for years. So what, in terms of product or services, how are you going to sort out people's biggest challenge? And if you think about that, and also... I often look at businesses and I think, do I really know what that business is all about? Mm -hmm. And the best people in business, entrepreneurs, or those providing a service, when they're talking about their product, they explain it as if they're explaining it to a stranger. Mm -hmm. You internally know exactly what your product or service is, but how do you explain that to someone who doesn't know anything about you or anything about your business? And if you think back to the good old days when there used to be the marketing mix, product and price are part of that. Mm -hmm. So thinking about your product and your price is part of your marketing strategy. And straight off, you need to explain what your product is, but also why is it worth purchasing? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the one that I always think of that doesn't get mentioned very often is What value does your product or service have to whoever's buying it? And I think that's really, really important. So supplying important information, any features about your product or service, what are the key benefits? So that, as a result, people are actually compelled to say, do you know what? I want to buy that product or I want to buy that service. And all these things are really, really important.
0: I think you've touched on something there that's really important and I think a lot of people miss. So as you said, you've got to in what we would call your elevator pitch. And if you don't know what an elevator pitch is, it means if you are going from the ground floor to the fourth floor in a building in an elevator with someone, you should be able to tell them in that short amount of time what your business does you shouldn't need a powerpoint in 25 minutes you should be able to tell them in the length of an elevator ride what your business is so have a think about that if you don't know what it is just now think of what your elevator pitch is for your business so when we're talking about that you just said there you've got to tell people what the features are and what the benefits are now that's where i think a lot of people lost the way slightly because people will tell others the features of their business all the time but it's not the feature that gets you the result what people are generally interested in is the benefit so for example in my coaching you get access to my app you all your workouts are there you can record everything there that's a feature but what's the benefit of the app The benefit of the app is it keeps you accountable, it collates all of your information, it lets you and I communicate. So a feature is very different from a benefit and you need to convey both. So not only what do you get with this product, but what is the benefit to the customer of this product?
1: Exactly that. And also I would say to go even further is how do you strip that back even further? So if you're thinking about benefits Who are the people that are going to benefit from your product or service? So again, we've talked about this before. Who is your ideal buyer? We -hmm. talk about avatars quite a lot and, you know, thinking up that avatar in your mind. But you need to really put some work and consider who your ideal buyer is. And when you know your ideal buyer, you then have an audience for your product or your service But you then really need to think about, so how do you appeal to these people? And you're absolutely right. It's all to do with providing people with solutions. So using Devlin Interior Design as an example there is anybody can design their own room. That's an absolute given. Anybody can do online shopping, an absolute given. The biggest challenge that my customers have at the moment is they are overwhelmed by choice. So what I do to benefit them is I minimize the choice and provide everything for them. And effectively, at the click of a button, all they need to do is do the end shopping. So it's really, as you say, it's about how do you provide benefits and outline them fully? And what are the solutions that you're giving to your customer?
0: And that's like you say, having that customer avatar, that ideal customer in your mind, when you're coming up with your product or your price is vital because a lot of people will look at their product. Let's take, for example, in beauty therapy. So say someone that provides massages, so like a hot stones and aromatherapy therapy massage, and they would say, this would be suitable for everyone. Yes, it would be suitable for everyone. However, who is your ideal customer? So for example, if you are advertising this hot stones massage, think about people like you and I in, our mar- in your marketing, because somebody like Ross, my husband, technically could go for this massage but he's going to bypass your marketing because he is not your ideal customer. He is not the person you're trying to get through the door. And he's not going to be the person that comes back again and again and again. So think about who are you talking to when you make an Instagram post, when you're doing a story, think of the person that when they see it, they feel as if you're talking directly to them. So you can actually test how good your marketing is when you share things. And if people come back to you and go, oh, you read my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking. Then you've hit the nail on the head with marketing. So like Devil Interior Designs, you share something, i.e. are you overwhelmed with choice? Somebody reaches out and says, yes, that's exactly the problem I've got. How did you know that? They're your ideal customer. Whereas somebody like Ross, for example, like, I never even thought about choices. So he's not your ideal customer because he's <laughs> not somebody that's doing that. But if think of the person that you and visualise them in your head, who are you actually talking to when you're marketing this product, or when are you, even when you're creating a product? So you're going to launch a new service, or you're going to launch a new product. Who do you want to sell this to?
1: And also the thing to consider is you may be in a very saturated market, and actually that's okay. Because, again, when you're considering your product, how do you differentiate yourself from your competitor? Mm. Now, we're going to come on to obviously talking about, it moves us nicely on, actually, as talking about price. Now, this is something that makes people so nervous, Uh so nervous. Majorly. And I'm sure you're going to give us a great story at some point, Jules. However, um, what the first thing is that I would say about pricing is, If you undervalue your product, it's so detrimental from the get-go to your business. So if I go back all those years to when we were opening a nursery, we were going to be providing a childcare service, we had zero clue about pricing. But what we knew is, here is what it's going to cost us to run this business, hugely important. Here is how much revenue we know that we need to bring in and we were working it back from there. But what we also had to take into account, and people don't like doing it, but everybody does it, is you do need to do a bit of competitor analysis. Mm -hmm. And if you do that purely to ensure that you're just placing yourself at the right position within the market, otherwise you can go in too low or too high. And what I will say is, if people price themselves too low, it can also suggest that you're not, a valuable product or service for people to buy. So, there's challenges along with that as well. So, pricing is definitely part of your marketing strategy as well, because, in actual fact, if you really think about it, pricing does influence your customers. And one piece of advice that I would say is if nobody, and I mean nobody, is complaining about your pricing, then the chances are you're pricing too low. Mm-hmm. So in the coffee shop, as soon as we change the menus, we always get some mumps and moans, not too many, because people, you know, I think people are understanding and we try to be as transparent as possible about, and that's another, you know, a really good strategy. But if nobody is making grumbles or complaints about your price and the chances are it's too low.
0: And that's the thing, there's two things I always think to keep in mind with this. What is it you want to be? Do you want to be the cheapest or do you want to be the best? So especially if you're a service-based business, you want to be the best service that you can be. And also by pricing yourself too low, you're leaving yourself very little room to make improvements to the service. So can you upskill? Can you bring in new services? Can you bring in new features to the business if you are charging a rock bottom price? And it's not about making the absolute most amount of money that you can. It is about paying and charging for value because i feel in a lot of businesses when people try to be cheaper and cheaper and cheaper it's a race to the bottom of who can be the cheapest and think about it when you go on to see so you look for something on amazon do you often set your filters by display cheapest first personally when i go on amazon i set my filters by who can deliver me this quickest yeah. because Thanks. that's what. That's the priority to me. Can you can you deliver this tomorrow? And I might actually, or I'll read the reviews and I think, oh, that one that's three pounds cheaper, the reviews aren't so great. People are a bit unsure about that one. The one that's three pounds dearer, they can deliver that tomorrow and they've got much better reviews. So pricing yourself simply to be the cheapest in the market and it also links a wee bit into imposter syndrome. So if you've not listened to the imposter syndrome episode, go back and listen to that one because a lot of people price themselves too low, not because they're trying to be the cheapest in the market, but it's that fear that, oh, oh can I, can I charge 25 pounds for this? And then the imposter syndrome says to them, no, you you can't charge 25 pounds. And they're like, okay, 15. And they've underpriced themselves to get back into that comfort zone of not pushing themselves out when genuinely they're worth 25 and their service is worth 25.
1: And I think the other thing as well that people need to remember is when you set up in business, when you become self-employed, you are taking a huge risk. And -hmm. you should never, ever underestimate that risk. And in doing so, if you set low pricing from day one, you're actually already limiting your potential for business growth because to grow your business, you need to have, and I can hear the words of Bernie Devlin ringing in my ears, (laughs) but you need to have cash flow to reinvest in the business to continually improve the business. So if your pricing is so low that let's think, lots of people say, oh, well, you know, eh, I'm going into business, but for the first three years, I'm not going to take a wage. Mm -hmm. Let's look at your pricing strategy right there and right there right right now because at the end of the day you are in business to make money hmm. and if you are you know you need to think about it as a business so when you're looking at your pricing again always understanding your customer it's so so key but I also think it's good to give your customers an understanding of why you price the way you do so why are your products and services priced in a particular way and i know recently um For example, the hairdresser that I go to really, really switched on. But one of the things that he did when the VAT threshold came back in and post-COVID and even things like when there was, you know, masks had to be worn, what he did was he basically advertised absolutely every reason behind why he was doing what he was doing with pricing. It's then very transparent. And then as a customer, you make the choice if you go or you don't go.
0: Also, when you're looking at price, this is one thing, and this is very important and certainly in my industry in the fitness industry and there'll be a lot of other industries that are similar. So you think the lower I price, the better that is for the customer, right? Or do you know what? It'd maybe even be better if I gave it away for free because that'd be better for my customer. It's not always the case. Take, for example, fitness, personal training. If I give something away extremely cheap, or I give something away for free, I'm actually taking away from my customer the opportunity for them to invest in themselves. Exactly. And actually, like Mark Cuban always says on Shark Tank, you need to have some skin in the game. You need to have a reason to be invested in this product or the service that you're buying. So for example, if you gave away interior design for free, there would be no reason for people to carry on with the remodeling of their house or the renovation of their house. And think about, everyone will have done this. Think about things like an Audible subscription or your Prime subscription, something that's like 5.99 a month. And you've had Audible for, I don't know, eight months. You've never opened the Audible app, but you've paid that 5.99 every month because you're like, oh, it was such a small investment that it's not impacting your life. Whereas if Audible was charging me £99 a month, which nobody's paying £99 a month for Audible, but if there was a service at £99, I would either be invested in that or cancel. And it's fine. I think that's going to probably brought up a point of fear for a lot of people. People are like, oh, but I don't want people to cancel. But if they're not invested in the service, they're not using the product, you're better putting your time and energy into someone who is invested in the product. So actually... Pricing your product appropriately gives your customer a chance to invest in themselves and to have some reason to be accountable and use the product or service.
1: Which again links back to attracting the right customer to your business, exactly. doesn't it? Yeah. And also, you know, in pricing, it's also about continuing. You know, how many people there are? So many businesses out there who will set a price, and the price will not have changed. Now the cost of living and utilities and all the rest of it will have probably forced some people to really think about this but for many businesses for many people that are self-employed they do not look at their pricing so something that you need to do on a very regular basis is really consider reassessing what does your pricing look like. So example when we come to redo the menus in the cove we've got you know we're lucky that invest in a system that pulls down multiple reports and one of those reports will tell us exactly what our top sellers are you know it gives us data on every aspect of our menu so when we come to revamp a menu do we for example put the least selling item back on the menu absolutely not because the output of that is you're buying stock for that item the stock is then lying in the kitchen. It's a cost to the business. It's going out of date. It's not getting used and it's not actually selling as a product to a customer. So therefore it's of no value to the business and it's actually of no value to your customer because they're not buying it. So it's that cycle, but it's about closing the loop on that and then making sure that thinking that your pricing and your products go hand in hand, but you always need to be on top of them.
0: So that's a really good point of you've got data there. And you have collected data to tell you which products are popular, which products aren't, and which you should keep on the menu. And there's also, you do a lot of speaking to your customers with the Cove, via Instagram, via DMs. So you're not only getting the technical data from the sales, but also what our customers are actually looking for. And that, I mean, this is an entire podcast on its own, but like you said earlier... Competitor analysis and market research are vital, absolutely vital to any business. I see so many businesses who do zero market research and they're like, we're going to, for example, in fitness again, we've got a new class. It's yoga, for example, and absolutely everybody that goes to that gym only is only interested in weightlifting. So yes, yoga would be great for them and it would be very helpful, But the people who pay to go to that gym only want to lift weights. They don't want yoga. And although it would be a great feature, it's of no benefit to the people that don't want to do it. So I think market research for potential customers and your current customers is so vital. Find out not just what you think people want, the best way to find out what people want, ask them. Ask people, potential and current customers, what do you want? And you'll not be able to do everything, obviously, because some people come up with crazy ideas. But the the best way to get your product right is to ask customers what they want.
1: And from a perspective of the customers in terms of that market research, we know that it costs much, much more to bring new customers into your business. Mm-hmm. And so many people focus their pricing, their product on the new and forget about the loyal existing customer base and they're just as important because actually they are your revenue and so they are the important people and what I would say then is you know you've mentioned that they are so our staff teams speak as well so we do a lot on social media but the actual conversation is your market research in itself if there's a new product you know on a menu or a new service that you're offering what do your customers actually think about it you know get the feedback I've seen a lot um, recently where people are doing loads and loads of surveys and one of the things that I always think that people make an error in is they ask for the name of the person. Are people, hundred? you and I would be 100% honest, but are people being honest about their, you know, their output on that questionnaire if they're putting their name down? So let people anonymously respond Mm -hmm. as your customer on your product, on your price, but always, always remember why, Is what you're offering worth it to the
0: purchaser? Uh What, What problem do you solve? What are you doing? So you'll have now your ideal customer in your head. You know what their habits are, what their price range is, what their struggles are. So for this ideal customer, what problem do you solve for them? What value do you bring to them? And finding this out has never been easier. Social media. Instagram is literally set up for free market research. Put polls on, ask questions. There has never been a better or an easier time to do market research. So if you're not doing market research and you're sitting there with a product or a service that nobody is buying, get yourself on Instagram, throw on some polls, ask people what they want.
1: So now now, let now be the time, right now, revise and review
0: your product and your pricing yes and we would love to hear your thoughts on do you do market research do you have a customer avatar so please reach out to us on social media on facebook or on instagram you can get us at the successful collective